3: Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. We're taking suggestions from our panel, from our audience and from the natural world to work out exactly what the next stage in human evolution should be. We think that humans are not quite fit for purpose. After all, the current model cannot reach all the parts of its body to apply sunscreen. Think of all the ways in which we can improve it. I'm your host, Simon Watt, and today I am joined by three classic edition homo sapiens in the form of our guests. On my immediate left, we have pitching ideas. Catherine Harkup. Now, Catherine is a chemist, an author, and an vampirologist. Um, does that basically mean that you really like Twilight?
4: No, I hate Twilight. Real vampires don't sparkle, okay? Uh.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing at that and not the phrase real vampires, please? (laughs)
4: Uh, yeah, I, I got interested in vampires and someone once called me a vampirologist and I thought that was just too cool, I'm keeping that, that's an awesome title. I can see why,
3: also you've, uh, you've a new book guide about murder and chemistry which is making you sound even more dangerous.
4: Uh, yeah, anything in and around death, I'm, I'm all interested. So uh, yes, poisons particularly and Agatha Christie and how her brilliant, brilliant use of poisons in her novels. Uh, yeah, and how they kill you. I find it fascinating that these tiny, tiny substances can have such a devastating effect on a human.
3: You should write a book about that.
4: It, it's in the bookshop, please. Please. Uh, I could do with the royalties. Please buy it.
3: <laughs> so Catherine's going to be giving us ideas. We can see why her place matters. Also, we're joined by Ben Gard. Ben Gard is an evolutionary biologist and a monkey wrangler. Thank you. <laughs> People at home think you've just brought a monkey with you now as a result. (laughs) Have you got a favourite primate, actually?
0: Uh, Chimps. They are horrible, nasty little gits, but they are wonderful. They make spears. They make spears nowadays. It's like a new fashion. (laughs) Why not?
4: Chimp fashion. So
0: again, having looked at
3: our relatives, he'll understand how we can perhaps improve humans. And judging their ideas to see if they're worth patching into our code is the tremendous writer, actor and comedian, Robert Llewellyn. Some of you may recognise Robert as a star of Red Dwarf, the uh, android Crichton. And I have to admit, whenever I first met you a couple of years back, I was shocked by how much you actually look like him. Like... (laughs) No, 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 no! No, but, like, think about it, isn't Crichton, like... (laughs) No, but he's... Oh, jeez! It's not being mean. Titan's just kind of like a low-res version of you.
2: It's <laughs> got, got a head like a 1950s fridge. But, the, but that's <laughs> the reason. Depressing.
3: The reason why I've asked you is because obviously not only you're sci-fi, but you also write books and things with a very good scientific edge.
2: Well, that's very kind of you. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm try, des- certainly trying to do that. Yeah.
3: And so you feel like you're you're in a position perhaps to comment and what ideas well, these people I, think I, might I because
2: <laughs> I've thought about it a great deal. So I've written, I've just finished a science fiction trilogy. One of which has. Very much uh, enhanced humans in it. Can you give anything in a, away? In, what, a, what's in a benign way. Well, there's a, well, I quite like it. there's a thing called a kidonge that everyone ha- everyone on in the world has. They're giving them in their b- baby milk when they're tiny, and it's just a communication device. So everybody knows everything about everyone, and therefore there's no need to worry about snooping or Big Brother. Everyone knows everything. So you, I'd sit here and I'd look around the room and I'd know every one of your names when you were born, what your age was whether you're heterosexual or homosexual, everything, everything. But you'd also know everything about me, instantly, and it's boring. And you don't want to bother. <laughs> and no one's bothered. No one watches anyone. It's, and then you're nice to people when you meet them because they're nice and you can tell, and it's, it basically removes all that suspicion and fear. That's I don't know the if theory. It's science fiction.
3: <laughs> well, that gives you a good, uh, a good perspective in which you can comment on these people's ideas. Yeah. So, before we launch into the pitches, each of our panel have brought along some new stories to show you the kind of thing which is actually happening now before we take things off on our own wild tangents. Why don't we start with you, Ben? What new stories have you brought?
0: Well, this one's a sad one. I'm disabled. I haven't got a sense of smell. OK. <laughs> it's like one hell of a time delay in here. <laughs> this is my problem. And no one cares. <laughs> Thank you. Again, okay, you are my favourites at the front. Um, and nosmia is a very serious thing. And what annoys us, anosmics, there's actually a help group for us. Um, <laughs> nerds um, is that we have no concept of what smell is at all. And what annoys us the most, when I say, oh, what does that thing smell like? You all tell me something totally different. So if someone says, what does this sound like? I like you very, very, it's, it's much more objective. With smell, it's very, very subjective. And they're now designing the O-phone, So it's the olfactory phone that, don't snigger, <laughs> that can actually pick up smells and cues. And they're developing ways that it'll go, water, orange juice, which doesn't sound great to you lot. It's going to change my life forever.
3: The problem I have of that, surely That's really, being developed. You're, you're, but you're keeping your phone all the time in your pocket. So you've got something which is constantly <laughs> smelling your <laughs> groin.
2: I'd like to know when it smells.
3: That's a fair point.
2: Well, I've got a, I just want to ask you a quick question, and I'm trying to do it in the most polite way possible. But, for instance, because I was thinking, that's quite an advantage, because lots of things don't smell nice. But then I thought, oh, no, some things smell amazing. So then I thought, a really lovely curry on rice. So, really, you could look at that, and you go, you'd be right over it. You could tell it was warm. You could see it was food. But you wouldn't be able to smell it. So just supposing that was curry, there was something else on that plate that was brown and a bit... <laughs> You wouldn't know, because I would know from 50 feet. But <laughs> You wouldn't know?
0: I'd know at some point, not as quickly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hopefully before the fork went in. Yeah. I, I really feel your well, pain. That's amazing. So
0: really, you couldn't... know? You can you not smell you-know-what? Like? I can sometimes... It sounds weird. You'll occasion, if you know me well enough, my tongue will sometimes pop out. And you can air taste certain, wow. certain scents. And It's very different to smell. Right. I can pick up things in a very, very distinct way. So I work with the dead things a lot. A rotting porpoise tastes in my mouth exactly the same as a creme brulee. I do not eat creme brulees.
3: I, I can feel your pain here, because like, I, I don't have no sense of smell, but I used to have a very bad one, until one night my wife head-butted me.
0: Uh, well, when is it was... roundabout about the birthing time.
3: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> it, was, it was just in the night by accident, one of these days, and about three or four days later in the bath, a kind of horrible red slug shot from my face. And since then, I've been able to smell, and I've discovered that London stinks. I hadn't known <laughs> this. So I'll get my wife to headbutt you, if that's what you want. <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to wait for the phone to go. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about you then, Catherine? What have you brought along?
4: Um, I've been slightly obsessed over the previous months with this comet uh, that w- uh, we've managed to land a probe on. 67P It's a really catchy name. But if you see pictures of this comet, it's fantastic. It looks like a giant rubber duck that's flinging its way through space. And apart from these beautiful, beautiful pictures that these probes have sent back, just the phenomenal human achievement of landing a probe on something that is four kilometres Big, traveling at phenomenal speeds that is many, 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 many miles away. That's extraordinary. Uh, Once they got there, they also have run various tests, and they've discovered... There's almost discoveries every week from this comet, but the most recent one I've heard about is they've discovered phosphorus and glycine on this particular comet, and those are very, very key ingredients for life. Mm. So there is a theory that life came to this planet through comets colliding with the surface. So, in fact, we are all aliens. We have all come from outer space. And this is just extra kind of clues that this might possibly be the case, which I think is fantastic.
3: You're not going to like this, Ben, but I know there's some people doing science demonstrations where you get to sniff comets and see what comets would smell like Uh, because of these compounds. It's not not quite bad, I've heard. Pick on Ben now. (laughs) It can
0: be. (laughs) What does a comet smell like, you two?
3: Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, what's your news story? What have you brought with um,
2: you? Well, I was very interested in a, a recent uh, report about uh, how you program computers, because uh, w- w- I've, I've, I've got mates who can do that thing where they type really fast and explain what they're doing, and it means nothing. You just do that, backslash, see, you know. I don't even know what they're doing. I've got no idea what they're doing. And this one is you train a computer like you train a dog. And that really, I went, oh, that's good. So the computer learns. But you teach it on a very basic level, you know, sit, stand, wait, all that stuff. And I'm quite good at that. I've trained quite a few dogs. I've got a ridiculous dog at the moment that is untrainable. He needs reprogramming. He's got a... <laughs> he's, he's a I don't know, some of you may know he's a lurcher. A lurcher is basically the most annoying stick insect creature that can run at about 40 miles an hour and has no sense at all and is ludicrously affectionate and sweet natured and loving. And I just quite like a computer like that, that you can kind of go, oh, shut up, you stupid animal, which I do to him. And he just looks at me and goes, I love you. It doesn't matter what you do. And that, that, I think, I could understand how to program computers then and how they could learn, you know, I could learn from them and they could learn from me. Because
3: what's really interesting there, because let's do a survey, actually, audience. Be honest, go woo if you've shouted at your computer. Woo. woo! Right, how would you feel about having to say sorry to it afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. So that's the stuff which is actually happening right now. So, uh, Robert, these guys are going to give you some pitches, right. their suggestions. What kind of thing are you looking for? What would you like to see, maybe, in humans? I mean, uh,
2: one of the things, because of uh, you know, having to wear glasses, which has only been the last few years of my life, so I used to have very good eyesight, sat in front of a cheap uh, Allen Sugar-produced computer, uh, 25 years ago, the Amstrad and my eyeballs more or less fell out after a few hours of writing because it just. And so I, and I quite like enhanced vision. know hmm. is quite a common suggestion, but I would like a zoom feature. I mean, it's also been featured in Red Dwarf. You know, I'd like you know to be able to flip images, and have yeah. map overlays, head-up displays, all on my eyes, information about who people are, that kind of thing. Okay. So I quite like to have, and I'd qu- really like to have uh, cameras in my knees, shins, and shoulders. As well as back ahead, because I'm always walking into stuff, and if I saw it, I'd see that down there. There's the thing sticking out the drawer. You haven't closed the drawer. Bang! Oh, I do that all the time. And my shins are just a mass of scar tissue, so I want eyes down back there.
3: That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Well, you know, you've heard the kind of stuff he's after, so <laughs> let's get to our, uh, our panel pitching. Why don't we start with you, Catherine? What would you like to see in the next version of Human Even?
4: Okay, so I've taken my inspiration from the greater. The Great Bamboo Lemur. It seems to me this creature has a distinct advantage over humans in that it is completely immune to cyanide. It can eat as much cyanide as it wants. It won't die. Now, I'm not suggesting that people are getting poisoned regularly. There is a downside to this particular um, uh, advance. So downside first, you're going to have to change the plot of some Bond films. (laughs) Spies are going to have to think of some alternative ways of doing away themselves and murderers are going to have to get a bit more creative. However, um, cyanide is it's everywhere in our environment because it's such a simple molecule and it turns up in food a lot, particularly a um, food that is eaten an awful lot in tropical regions called cassava. Mm. Cassava is absolutely laced with cyanide compounds that are toxic. Now, if you eat cassava, um, if you live in a region where they eat it, you know how to process this root to remove the cyanide. The problem is that in times of drought, um, this cyanide, it accumulates even more intensely within the root, and you don't have the water available to process it properly, and people become poisoned by this and it uh, creates a condition called conzo, and it's uh, debilitating nerve damage. People lose the ability to walk and it's permanent. You don't recover from this. So although there's a a kind of joking um, downside of of, spies and bond and things like this, there would be a genuine advantage to humans uh, in having cyanide uh, immunity.
3: Can can I ask you a question there? Because that that raises something. I've always wondered why cyanide is so common in nature. Why is it one of the go-to chemicals?
4: Um, it's, so cyanide is one atom of carbon and one atom of nitrogen and from a chemist's point of view it's a really useful little hook to do chemistry on. So it's a useful way of making a whole variety of other compounds. So it's a good starting point. So it crops up everywhere because in our bodies we're doing chemical reactions the whole time and you're manipulating and changing molecules to make new and useful things. So cyanide is just one of those chemical ways yeah. of doing that. So it's, it's just everywhere.
3: I do, I do have to ask as well, because like, I'm, I'm not rubbing it in again, Ben, sorry, but as far as I know, aren't I right in thinking that cyanide smells of almonds?
4: Almonds smell of cyanide. Sorry,
3: I've got that the wrong way around. <laughs> <Hi. laughs> How
4: the hell am I going to survive? No, the, there's a
3: reason for this. I know I it's because I was doing some work in Borneo a couple of years back, right, and they have some millipedes there. Yes. that if you stroke them, they smell of Bakewell tarts. Oh, yeah. And it is amazing. Like, and people he's... running around sniffing millipedes. You'd have to lick it, then. That's the problem, so you 'd to find <laughs> out. And this is no good.
4: But it is cyanide that they're releasing.
2: But is there, is there cyanide in almonds, then? is that Yes, right. there is.
4: Absolutely. Uh, particularly in bitter almonds. Um, you shouldn't eat bitter almonds. Sweet almonds, there is some, but you're not going to eat enough sweet... You're going to have to eat an awful lot right. of sweet almonds before you get poisoned by the cyanide. Um, but it, it's, it's in apple pips, peach pits, um, but it, and it's in a form that can turn into hydrogen cyanide within your stomach. But humans, we have some ability to process cyanide. We can process about a gram a day. So moderate your apple pip intake accordingly. <laughs> but um, it's just the bamboo lemur could eat as many as he wants.
3: Wow. You've got me wondering what the lethal dose of Bakewell Tart is now, actually. That's I can do it.
4: the lethal dose of apple pips. It's about two hundred grams. It's quite a lot.
3: What's that in apple pips? Like how many pips? In
4: apples, it's thousands. But in pips, it's it's a good handful. You're going to have to grind them up as well. I mean, people are (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) notice. The best I've come up with is kind of make it into a flour and bake it into a cake or something.
3: Do we have to make a disclaimer now?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Don't try this at home.
3: Right. (laughs) So is is that? Can somebody get a mic to this lady?
4: Thank you. How much marzipan is a lethal dose? Oh, I haven't worked it out for marzipan. That's one I need homework. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll tweet it. Yeah, do
2: you
3: completely. really like yeah. Stalin? Is that it? Is I, like...
2: I love <laughs> Stalin. I could eat Stop marzipan it. all day, because I'm going to Lubeck soon, which is the marzipan capital of, and I was thinking, I'm just going to lie in marzipan, just eat, because <laughs> I love it. So now, I'm not. I'm terrified now, I'm not going to do well, it. Well,
3: there's your it, experiment. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to do it for you. Go to Lubeck. I'll, I'll
2: eat as much as I can in a day. <laughs>
3: You've just killed Robert Llewellyn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, oh,
3: the BBC is going to sue you so bad. Is, is that on the short list then, uh, Robert? You I think? think it
2: is, actually. I'm quite intrigued because I'm just wondering whether... Yes, it's, because it's so common. And obviously, it, there's a lot of people who g- are going to suffer from it, and particularly... I don't want to get too political. Well, it's not political, it's science. Uh, you know, with the increasing temperatures, particularly in those mm. in, uh, regions of the world, and more droughts. and all those things, you know, that, that, uh, that effect is, it sounds like it's going to get more common rather than less common. Okay, the well, other
4: worrying thing I should say, uh, you worry about not having a, a sense of smell. 40% of people, for genetic reasons, cannot smell cyanide.
1: Just uh, right. cannot
4: smell it. Um, so the, the, the almond thing isn't a guarantee that uh, you've detected cyanide. It might be there. You might be one of those unlucky right. people that can't smell it. Uh,
3: so we can only take one suggestion forward each episode. But that's on the short list for now. Ben,
0: what's your suggestion? Whereas Catherine wants to save the world, I care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. She's just trying to impress Robert. I want you to be happier, people. Now, I said earlier that I have my, my, my downs in life, but I also have some positives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm from Norfolk, and we... <laughs> I was just giving you background, I wasn't trying to be funny.
3: Are you saying you've got the web toe cover at all? No, it's but not I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> My feet are out for a reason. Anyone get bad back here? Yeah. 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 It's a horrible having a bad back, and you've got to bend over, pick things up. It's just god-awful. Being from Norfolk, we can just pick things up with our feet in a much better way than most people can. Now, one in 250 of us can use our feet very, very, in a dexterous way. Um, I don't want to move forward. I want to move back a little bit. Having worked with primates all around the world, and there's another primatologist here right now, I marvel at how they can use their feet in ways we can't imagine. Now, if you could use your feet at a fraction of the way the chimp can, it would be incredible, and all it would take would be a slight lengthening of the toes and a slight moving around the big toe. You get bunions, I know, I know their problems, but... If you just move the little architecture of the foot out a little bit, you've got four hands. How much better would that be? You drop the remote, Yay! pick the remote up. Yeah. It would save your bad backs. I, I love
3: this, but can I, can I ask actually, why don't we already? Like, why did we lose this ability? What did we gain uh, by it? Because
0: that, that picture there, because we went bipedal. Bipedal's the worst thing God ever invented. <laughs> Seriously. Bad backs, posture's all wrong, you get this dis- 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 alignment. And then the feet to accommodate that have just moved around, and it's all about balance. You balance on the ball of your feet. If we just this would have come at the cost you'd have to walk slightly hunched. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Be alright. But you wouldn't get bad backs. So hunch before you get a bad back, rather than causing a bad that back. Is, in is that crazy. posture, it's a slightly more angular posture, more natural. Let's go back to our roots. <laughs> all right, yeah. old school.
3: Wow. <laughs> so he's going from monkey feet. Is that a good way of putting this? What do you reckon? Is that oh, the Monkey shortest?
2: feet really appeal because, as a child, I had very—I've got very flat feet. Uh, so the exact opposite, but not quite the opposite of yours, because it was one of the exercises the school doctor gave me. Was I had to do? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to take my shoes off for the benefit of the rest of the audience. You'd be fine. Um, <laughs> but you know, I had to do that thing where you, you moved your foot along to strengthen your arms. This is for a all about. <laughs> so yeah. So that's a, so you're basically lifting your foot up with your toes, standing up, walking on my toes. And also writing with my feet. So I had to hold a pen with my feet and learn to write on a piece of paper, hold it with one foot, write with the other. And I actually could write my name quite effectively with my right foot, and it was a bit wibbly-wobbly with my left foot. But I spent hours with a big... And I had a big, fat pen with tape wrapped around it that my mum did, so I could grip it. And it just, what it did was... What you don't want is unflexible I'm sure that's wrong. Inflexible flat feet are really bad. That's when people walk plop, plop, plop. Yes. So I've got flexible flat feet, so I can run and walk on my toes and things like that. So, but I've got very, very low arches. It's quite shocking when I walk over wet cement. Uh, 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 walking over wet cement, no. Get out of a swimming pool on a hot day with, wet, with dry cement, and I walk, and it looks like a penguin's walk there. There's no, <laughs> there's no like front bit and back bit and toes. There's just a, flat, a flap. There's a big plop. Plop, and that's my feet do that.
3: I've got, I've got to ask so I like the
2: idea of being able to grip things <laughs> with my big, flat, flappy penguin feet.
0: I've got to ask about speed
3: here. Because, like, one of the things that makes us special as a primate is we're fast. Do we no, lose doesn't. anything
0: like that? No, not especially. The, one of the things we got as, as, as humans is that we can do very long distances. And we think, from the evolutionary point of view, we did long distances for walking, for. These long migratory things, all hunting, as, as a lot of the West African tribes or traditional tribes still do. We've never had this thing where we think we've evolved purely to run. We're rubbish at running. We can do very short distances, but so can chimps. You trying to run a chimp, you have got no chance. So if they're you running all. I run a bamboo lemur. Not yeah. you personally, but bamboo lemurs are quicker. No, they're no, not actually. But most primates are <laughs> quicker than us. But it, could...
2: can a chimp run fast for a long time using all four, all four of its?
0: Yeah. They sort of pound along, coming right. at you and...
3: Because there, there's at least some suggestion that in our evolutionary history, we kind of ran down prey just by keeping going, like, a, like a, we exhausted them just by jogging, shall we say. Yeah, we can do very, jogged sl- things very slow,
0: very long distance, which is that, again, we don't know, but we think partly why we have sort of ha- mostly hairless, why yes. we've got sweat, the whole sweat gland thing and change... Yeah, I suppose while we're not running, why not have an extra pair of feet? Yeah, how, how often have you run for hours and hours and hours recently? Again, for a person. Exactly. Yeah. These bodies are wasted, they're rubbish. We need to go back a step.
3: OK, well, that's, that's two things on the shortlist. You, you've been easy to please so far, Robert. Well, I'm pretty,
2: yeah, I am easy to please,
0: yeah.
3: I think our audience here can do better. So, members of the audience have been giving suggestions on our questionnaires as they came in. Uh, we will go to you guys, if we have there's ones. One. Um, but what gla- grabbed you? Uh, we start well, there's, with you there's
2: one that I really love, because it would really help me. There's, are they in the room, or are they not? I think they're in the room. Sue, this is from Sue. Uh, at Steps Travel. So I don't know Sue... Sue, here? would you like
3: to take part in our podcast? Hi. Um,
4: oh, they don't m- have my suggestion was that we have a pause button or a, um, a rewind so that you stop saying really stupid things so you have a bit of a delay between your brain and your mouth. <laughs>
2: a delay between brain and mouth. That would be That's so That's a fantastic
3: idea. Is there, is there any way we have this already? Like, Surely we, we have a superego, don't we? That's kind of the thing we keep to monitor ourselves. Can I also ask, actually, say, this is something that's obviously coming from personal experience. Um, what's the story? What's happened here? I love how you paused to think about that before you <laughs> saw that.
4: Just I, um, I spend a lot of time selling holidays and talking to people, and sometimes you say things to people that you think, actually really wish I hadn't done that or hadn't quite put it in the same way. Um, So, yeah.
3: Do you worry that we might lose honesty by that if we've all given time to be devious? Yeah, possibly. (laughs) But it's worth it. What do you think, panel?
0: I think I'd be more honest if I had time to think about it. I'm instantly devious. That's my guess.
3: (laughs) 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 That's a new nickname, instantly devious. I quite like it.
4: I'd be quite worried that I'd just never speak again. (laughs) I'd just be mute.
3: <laughs> Perpetual pause, yeah, yeah, actually,
2: why not? So is that on the short list? What do you think, Robert? I, I, I think it could be. I, I think it got a good response from the audience. I think everybody recognised it straight away. It doesn't have to be that long a pause. You can just go, you know, it is that. it's in relationships, isn't it? You know, do, does this dress look good on me? You know, and I'm 27 years I've been with my wife, she did. She asked me yesterday, do I look weird in this? Should I put tights on? No, you look fine, love. That isn't good. <laughs> I don't know what, that wasn't good, so I want, you know, almost, I need, I actually need a bit of input as well. So I do need a USB socket in my neck. <laughs> so, with like 26 different phrases. Because, do you know, if
3: there's ways of treating this and ways of actually practically doing what you're suggesting, Sue, they, they have genuine medical application. Because one of the things behind, say, Tourette's syndrome yeah. is that yeah. um, there's parts of our brains which are kind of more, oh, this is a really fudgy way of putting it, but there, there's bits of us which are sort of more impulsive so, for instance, I know that if you stub your toe and you swear, that comes from a different part of your brain than is a part which normally does more linguistic things. And that means that it doesn't hurt you as much. So people who swear get a slight pain relief thing. If you swear a lot in concert conversation, it starts moving those kind of patterns, shall we say, to your more linguistic areas, and it doesn't have as good a pain relief mechanism. So are you going to loo- would you be willing, Suze, to lose the joy of good swearing
4: <laughs> no.
3: in order to implement this?
4: No. No.
3: Yeah. <laughs> See, I ask, like that's particularly important to Irish people, because like we use swear words the way that you lot use punctuation. You know, it's kind <laughs> of a it's good to us. So it's on the short list though, is it? I think I should be on the short list. Yeah. Okay, pausing before we talk, maybe with amendments. Give a round of applause, please. Nice.
0: I have Richard. Are you here somewhere? Richard wants to lick his own eyes like an eyeball, like a lick his own eyeballs like a gecko. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> Richard, do you want to admit ha- to that? <laughs> Richard's got to answer to this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he wants to. He's there. <laughs> I have a question for you in a minute, Richard, to so explain. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, when I was sort of saty, I've got quite sore eyes at the moment, and I thought quite a nice thing to able to lick my eyeballs to clear them. But equally, I think it'd be quite a nice
0: social thing to be able to do.
3: (laughs) 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 Did you just suggest lick other people's eyeballs? No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Only your own. That'd be (laughs) disgusting otherwise. My first question question is, did you try blinking? (laughs) Blinking is so overrated. (laughs) Okay. Hands up in the room socially, you'd find it intriguing. Not intriguing, it would be intriguing. A normal social thing. If someone starts you talking to them, "How are you doing? Yeah, you're right? <laughs> Be honest, out if you think that's a good idea. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
4: <laughs> there would be a market for flavoured mascara for ladies.
0: <laughs>
3: that is a great idea.
0: Just two words: contact lenses.
4: Uh.
3: So, uh, OK, so if we're going back to your two words, is, does that mean licking them would be better because blinking's not good enough, or contact lenses might come out your tongue or something?
0: Do you want to swallow them?
3: Mm. I mean, if
2: they're one day the soft ones, not right, I missing you? <laughs> <two? laughs> because there's already quite a lot of licking and finger and contact lens. I don't even know, I, I can't look at... The contact lenses freak me out. So when I see her, that, she kind it? of does, you know, some weird thing with it, I go, "Oh,
4: what are you doing here?
0: Don't lick your contact lenses. No. That's not. Do they have cyanide in first of all?
4: Pass. <laughs> don't know. Never <laughs> so We wore could them. be good
0: to go if they don't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole world. Or maybe like a nutrition supplement. You wear the contact for the day and just swallow it down and yes. vitamin boost. It's a
2: lot more environmentally. Yeah, She's now just, She just throws it. them away after a day. And I go, what
0: well, is? Yes, yeah. A big piece of plastic there. Richard, what? your idea is not as stupid as it sounded. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for
3: contact. Like, why don't we? I'm all for just having more edible stuff. Like, you know, like rather than rubbish, just... Do you know what? I know there's some people who... Uh, this is like a genuine real thing, and this is a fantastic idea, who are turning the... Um, what's the word for those rings that you put in beer cans? Is there a word for those rings that you put I in beer Well, yes. they hold them together. Yeah.
2: I don't know. The annoying beer can rings that choke animals.
3: Well, because they choke animals, some people are trying to make edible ones. Yeah, that's much yeah. better. Yeah. So, Oh, my god. Yes.
4: I hate to ruin this, but I recently got contact lenses and you're not allowed to lick them. Oh you're not? It oh. says in the booklet. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That information is going home in me this evening and I shall inform my How many not people
3: enough. had to die before we discovered? Yeah. That? <laughs> so that's not on the short list, is it? Licking your own eyes? Uh
2: well. No, okay. Something's gotta not be on the shortlist.
3: Okay, sorry, sorry, sir. Give them a round of applause yeah, anyway. that was great. Well, before we finish, Robert, and you get to choose, I'm going to give you one final suggestion. Uh, now this is one that I have taken myself from Mother Nature. So, uh, if we could like, have a sort of splice of life, take genes from anything that we want. Um, can you describe to people at home what this looks like, Robert? Can you describe it for them, please? It
2: looks like a sort of tortoise-y, turtle with yeah. a shell.
3: It's called the white-throated snapping turtle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the thing is now critically endangered, and it can breathe through its butt.
2: That's good. That is good.
3: A couple of reptiles can do this. Uh, This one's from Australia and apparently is particularly good at it. It's what we call cloacal respiration. And I think actually we should have something like this. bearing in mind how many people talk out of it. So why not do this as well? (laughs) Um, Does that That make the short list? That
2: that really appeals to me very, very profoundly. The idea of being able to breathe from either end. Because I'm quite a nervous swimmer, but I quite like swimming underwater. I'm better (laughs) at swimming underwater. If I have goggles on, and it's hmm. not too deep. I'm quite good at that. But what I'd like is to get my ass out of the water. <laughs> and I could do like lengths without any trouble. Ah, okay. I'm actually a better swimmer underwater than on the surface. Well,
3: well actually, it's quite the opposite. Because, of course, being a reptile, um, turtles breathe air, yeah. but they breathe through the water through their bum. So
2: actually, this could help you even more. Oh, I, could be, I could probably swim the channel non-stop.: <laughs> <laughs> Underwater. Especially with the big, flat feet as well. With
0: right? the big, yeah. flat
2: feet? They, they are <laughs> quite good. They are a bit flipperish. Yeah.
3: Okay, well, like that. only one of these suggestions can go forward and back to our fictitious boffins, so it's time to choose, Robert. Hey. Would you like Catherine's suggestion of making us cyanide-proof, stealing genes from the bamboo lemur? Would you like uh, Ben Monkeyfeet's Goward's suggestion or Suze's suggestion that we have a pause button before we talk or finally Mother Nature's suggestion of a little bit of bum breath?
2: I actually think I'm going to go for Ben's. I, don't know, I think I like Ben's thing, because I think we could maintain our bipedal uh, position, but I quite like a bit of flexibility, particularly early in the morning. I'd quite like to be a quadruped till about 11.30. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to do a lot of stretching, you know, bad back, all that boring stuff. I'd like, there's all this stuff on the floor I need to pick up. It would be so much easier.
0: You walk along, you drop your keys, you pick your keys up. Oh, I'm just flick them up. Jobs are good. Yeah,
2: yeah. You could, I could write, because you could also have a, a laptop develop for your feet. So you could actually be I could write two books at once. (laughs) I love it.
3: Okay ladies and gents, Robert has selected this one you heard it here first. That is gonna be our idea. Uh, Ben's suggestion of having monkey feet, monkey hand feet things. <laughs> We're gonna take that idea and use it to spike the evolutionary punch bowl. So before we go though, um, I'd love you to give a big round of applause to our wonderful panel. We've had Ben Garrett with a Catherine Harcup and we've had Robert Llewellyn. We've also had the fantastic audience here at Cheltenham Science Festival. I've been your host Simon Watts. That was Level Up Human. Thank you ever so much. was Level Up Human hosted by Simon Watt produced by Rachel Wheelie and supported by the Welcome Trust for more information go to leveluphuman.com